Hey, everybody. This is Brian. Welcome back to Cryptid Creatures Podcast. This is my co-host, Todd. What's going on, Todd? Hey, Brian. What's happening, man? Oh, man. You know, living the dream. Right on. Me, too. Uh, been looking at a lot of stuff online and seeing a lot of um, stuff about some encounters going on and talking to some people. Good. Good. And, uh, we need to get some more people on here. Yeah, getting excited about getting some people on the show for sure. Yeah. Trying to get some uh, hold of some people. Throwing out there to everybody, if you're listening to the show and, you, and you've and you had an encounter or you know somebody, uh, have them get a hold of us. Info Absolutely. at Cryptid Creatures. Info at CryptidCreatures.co. That's right. Or you can get us at uh, Instagram at Cryptid underscore Creatures. Yep. So, yeah, just, just digging into that and staying busy. It's exciting. Reaching out to these people and uh, friending these people on Facebook. We have a... Yeah, we yeah. Have I'm liking to reading some of these stories you're sending me. That's a yeah, Cryptid Creatures Facebook group now. People can come out and join. Um, going to go on the public side of that thing and uh, post some right. stuff on there. But yeah, so we're staying busy. Heck we're getting yeah. a lot of listens too. We're growing. We're growing. We appreciate. We're getting there. We're we're trying to get our our YouTube channel up and running too. So yes, definitely. All the podcasts are on there now. Hopefully, we'll have some video soon right. on there for you guys. So yep. Once I get you know myself looking a little better, we can put that on the live <laughs> TV. I'm kidding. Right, um, but no, yeah, I'm just I'm just pumped about everything. Um, we're going to be going to the uh, Kentucky Lexington, or we're going to try to make it to the Kentucky uh, Lexington, Kentucky Expo uh, Cryptid uh, Expo, right. Expo down there in That's November right. 2021. Uh, hopefully, we'll make it down there for that. Yeah, we're going to try and have do a little that. booth set up, maybe even do a live stream from there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, good things are coming. I uh, just want to thank everybody for listening. Yes, thank supporting. you all very much. So we appreciate it, and we'll, we'll continue to bring you good stuff. Yes, we will. Like this episode, Brian. Oh, what do we got? What do you know about swimming Sasquatches, Brian? <laughs> Not a lot. You I know? didn't realize they could swim. We're going to learn something tonight. We got Sarah coming on. Well, all right. I'm excited. Me too, me too. We'll bring her on. You ready? All right, let's get this all show right. started. We'll bring her on, man. Here we go. All right, Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks no, for, we're happy you're here. Thanks for being on. Yes, thanks for being Heck on. Yeah. yeah, we're excited. We appreciate yeah. it very much. Thank you. So you you come from uh, north of Seattle area. That's kind of where you originate from and where you had your encounters that's, that you're going to talk about tonight. Um, you from that area all your life, basically? Um, Around the area. I've been here in Tulalip for... About 30, 31 years, maybe. Okay. So when you were a child, how old were you when you first had that incident you told me about in the boat? Oh, in my late teens. Okay. So before you saw that, and then before you had your incident, uh, your mm -hmm. other incident, before we get going here, did you believe in a Bigfoot at the time or, or have knowledge of Bigfoot? I hadn't had any sightings firsthand, but I believe that they probably existed at least at one time um, because there were so many people I'd known that had seen them and so many Native American, you know, um, legends going all the way back of these being a real creature in the environment. So I kind of figured they probably did exist. I didn't know if I'd ever see one. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you tell us about your first incident when you were younger in, in, in the boat, like you were telling me about. Yeah. So I used to, um, 
be the spotter on my dad's boat because I had the best eyes. So I would sit out on the bow and just watch for debris. And a lot of times you'd see um, sea lions and seals kind of pop their head up and look around and go back down. So um, the one time we were in an area where actually it was exactly the same area where we had our sighting later. And it was an area where I had also seen from, from the water, I had seen many different times trees shaking, just one tree at a time when there's no wind. So that was weird. But this day um, I was watching and I saw a head pop up and immediately recognized, you know, through the binoculars, it wasn't a pinniped of any kind. Um, It was a larger head and it was primate looking. And it just happened so quickly before I could alert anybody and, and pointed out he'd gone down. So... I didn't know what to think of that. I just kind of chalked it up to whatever. But how long did it did it stay ab- above water? Maybe four or five seconds, just mm-hmm. to pop its head up, kind of look around, and went right back down. And was this during the daylight? When yeah. This happened? And how oh. far away do you think his face was when you saw that? Probably about twenty or thirty yards. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite enough to make out detail, but you knew it was kind of primate looking anyway or right you... right with the binoculars i had a pretty good set of binoculars and okay you know it was it was obvious to me it was a primate so you saw it with the binoculars okay yeah. okay gotcha. gotcha wow okay uh, but you know like i said he went down so quickly before i could say dad look it went back down so and i never saw it come back up again did you tell your dad about it oh yeah i tried to get his attention you know he was busy working but he just kind of shrugged. I don't know he, <laughs> what he thought. But, um, so right in that same area, I guess it would have been about maybe four years later, five years later, um, <clears throat> I was with my son, who was five years old at the time, and uh, a couple of my nieces, one of their husbands, another nephew. They were all 18, 19, um, and it was an early morning. It was about 9.30. Um, it was in April of 94. And we all got in the car and went down to um, a local area here on the reservation. It's it's just private um, tribal land, you know, so there's no houses around. And we were the only people there. And so we had to pull quite a, quite a ways down off the highway anyway. And you get to a point where you can park and it's kind of back in the trees overlooking the water. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of up on the hillside. So from down at the beach, you can't really see, you know, who's up there. But anyway, as we got out, we noticed a, coming across the water from Camino Island um, was a group of what looked like just fat logs. And they were kind of cutting against the current, coming straight for the shore where we were. And so, you know, we watched for a while because anything else in the water was moving a different direction. And these were just cutting straight for where we were. And when they got to the edge of the shore and the tide was up quite a ways, so there wasn't a whole lot of beach. But they got out and crawled on all fours up to just up the length of the beach and stood up and just kind of went up the embankment into the woods. And that was it. They disappeared in the tree. Wow. Yeah. We when you were say all... they, when you say they, uh, how many and what were you, what exactly are you talking about? 
Um, well, there were five of them, and I only know to call them Bigfoots. Okay. okay. Uh, I wouldn't know any other thing to call them. So we all kind of um, huddled up down at the beach for a little bit and let them pass through the area. And we finally decided it was safe to try to get back to the car. And on the way up the bank, the trail took us within eight or 10 feet of one that had stayed behind and was sitting in a tree just watching us. So um, I was the last one up the trail and I just stopped. I just stopped in my tracks and took a few minutes to look him over. It was probably really only about a minute or two, but it seemed a lot longer, but I got a really good up close look at him. We all, yeah, they came back down and grabbed me by the arm and said, no, 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 we're leaving. But yeah, we're not messing with these. Can, no, we, no. can we back up a minute? When, when you guys oh, sure. saw saw the, the five coming out of the water, what was your initial thought, feeling, emotion? Um, well, I was terrified because I didn't know what to expect from them, and they're so big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had my, my son with me. So initially I thought we'd just better – go and huddle up somewhere and let them pass because I don't know what to expect from them. So, but the one that, that stayed behind to watch us wasn't being aggressive or didn't seem, you know, like he was going to bother us in any way. So we weren't, he wasn't doing anything to scare us. We were just kind of afraid because we didn't know what to expect and we didn't know where the rest of the group went. Could you could you get a good look at the size of uh, him or her or? Yeah, you... I think that it was a male. Just the way he was sitting, it was not possible to really see the the genital area, but mm-hmm. there were no breasts, and he just had a real masculine look. He was he was real big. Um, I would think if he stood up, he would have been at least seven feet tall, based on okay. a friend had at the time that was six foot five and i know if he was sitting next to this guy he would have dwarfed him so okay yeah i would guess at least seven foot tall so looking at this one's face versus what you saw of the face of the one in the water did they look similar to you now the yeah um the ones in the water um i wasn't really close enough to make out real real super a whole lot of facial features just that it looked really primate you mm-hmm. mean the one that popped the head up yeah 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 they did look very similar can you describe I, go ahead and describe yeah. uh, their face the face of the one that you saw uh up close so um starting with the top of the head it did have a real sort of a conical shaped head um with a high forehead there was a, a real clear brow ridge like an ape would have mm-hmm. um, with sort of a receding hairline above that. And he had really deep set, wide set eyes, brown, about the same color as mine. Um, a real wide, flat nose. Uh, the, the mouth, the lips were really thin. He had a wide mouth with thin lips, like proportionate to the nose if the nose was four inches the lip the mouth was probably six inches wide okay mm-hmm. and he was cinnamon in color just about the color of oh. a cinnamon stick okay. um he looked similar to the animal scene in the patterson gimlin film 
but a different, little bit different color. Okay. The one in the film, yeah, the one in the film is more of a kind of a mahogany color, and mm. really the face, the hair on the face shows up more on the one in the film. Um, this one didn't have quite as much hair on the face, or if you did, it was a little bit lighter. Okay. Did it look more human or ape-like to you? He seemed, in his mannerisms, in his posture, and just kind of the way he was swinging his legs, he seemed way more human. But the features were definitely a mix of both. He was just kind of sitting there swinging his legs off the, off yeah. the like, oh, hey, how's it going? Welcome. He seemed, like, yeah, like a youthful curiosity. I wondered if he may have been, you know, an adolescent or a juvenile. And he didn't really have any. Big. any. Uh, see, that's what I said. What's mm-hmm. that, Brian? That's what I said. It might, be, it might have been a juvenile. Yeah, you did mention that when I was telling you the story prior getting you, uh, getting you ready for the. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's, that's amazing. Do you, so he just didn't care in the world that you were sitting there staring at him. He didn't have, he had no worries that you were staring at him. He didn't want to get up and take off. He just kind of. No. Huh. No, he didn't seem aggressive. He didn't seem bothered by us. Um, just making sure you were getting out of there. That's what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, <laughs> he was He was just sitting there. He had his right mm-hmm. arm around the trunk of the tree and his left arm just kind of at his side. Hmm. And, Did you recognize uh, him from the group that came out of the water, you think? Was he one of those? Did you recognize him? Oh, I assumed he was one of them that came out of the water. But, if you know, not, I couldn't more. say for sure. When we, when we saw him coming out of the water... It was, we were looking at them from, you know, up on the hillside in the trees, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we could see what they were. But as far as their individual facial features, kind of the way we were looking down on them and the way they clambered up the beach, it wasn't really possible to see right. their faces. Mm-hmm. And they were clearly. probably wet and you probably couldn't tell what color they really were, I'm guessing, but they all probably right. looked the same. Right. Were you, so how'd you get out of there? What happened? Did he leave? Did you leave? We left. We got in the car and left. Um, he was just sitting in the tree watching us go up the trail. Did your son um, see him too? Or? Yeah, everybody. All of us saw them. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So yeah. were you, when you got in the car and you left, were you, were you shaking? Were you terrified? Were you just kind of... Oh, yeah. We were shaking, you know, in in a way that's hard to describe. Like, you know... That's just not something you gloss over. It really affects you, you know, at least oh, for yeah. that, mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. We've been back many times to that spot. So you, um, you said there's an island right off the, is, right uh, out there? Do you think yeah, they... Yeah, there's an island across. It's, is, uh, there is a land bridge connecting, but it is, it's Camino Island that, that's straight across uh, okay. from where we were. <clears throat> and, you don't uh, hear too many, too many reports of the swimming Bigfoot. Yeah. So I was just wondering, maybe they live on the island, maybe go back and forth. Is that possible? Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, that side of the island is pretty rugged and heavily wooded, and there aren't a lot of houses. So, you know, it makes sense that they were hunting over there, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if there might be a group that, lives in the area year round because we have sightings every there were people last summer that saw a group in that area and um i've been also, back there's, to that they're not group. individual sightings there you see them they're in packs oh and... yeah we see packs and we see wow. individuals out there as well um and i've been back there many times since then 
and seeing things. Uh, one time, my husband and I went down there, and in the same sort of gully where they came up out of the water and entered the, the woods, there was a German shepherd that was literally ripped in half. It wasn't eaten. It wasn't scattered. Something wow. with ham. Take that animal and rip it in half. Wow. And wow. no explanation. And then another time we were going down there and we were stopped by a big log in the road that was, I mean, it was big. It took three people to just kind of roll it out of the way. And we were trying to look around and see where in the heck that would have come from. And we couldn't figure out, you know, anywhere right in the immediate vicinity that would have come from doesn't prove anything but you know it just kind of makes me wonder if maybe they are in the area more than we think mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> the area more often i've got to say where you're located uh yeah they're all over up there for sure guaranteed um, yeah what is it the um, olympic mountain across the, the way the, there are you close to the peninsula the Antelope, yeah olympic peninsula? yeah well we're not close to it. We, you know, we go there every year mm, on okay. vacation. It's absolutely beautiful. But in terms of the same kind of terrain, you know, the waterways, um, the forests that blanket our area, it's real similar. Okay. Um, and as far as um, the the tribe, you know, that my family's from here, um, the legends go way back of these creatures being in the area. Um, back in old times, there were even incidents where certain people would trade with them. They would leave salmon at a certain area at the edge of the forest, and they could come back at some time later. And they had left blackberries for them. So these are legends. You know, this, I make a distinction between the legends and what I've seen firsthand. Um, but there are a lot of old stories going back here, you know, of, of that happening in the area. But for me, you know, in the moment that we saw that, my background is in nursing. And so I was trained to be a detailed observer. So I just wanted to stop and take as much time as I could to do a head to toe assessment and try and memorize every feature. So, um, that's- but that's, that's the only sighting I've had up close. I've, heard vocalizations before that i don't know what else they could have been <clears throat> but yeah wow. that was that was pretty incredible yeah sounds like it so you'd be willing to definitely want to see one again sometime i'm guessing huh oh yeah definitely yeah you don't think these things are aggressive i think they can be mm-hmm. like anything i think they can be territorial yeah probably very mm-hmm. territorial i yeah. think we did you, that's what I thought too. Did you notice a smell when you when you saw this saw this guy? Was there any kind of bad yeah. odor or any odor at all? Or there was a little bit of a like a wet dog smell, but the way the breeze was carrying, um, I think it probably kind of carried his scent parallel to where we were, so it mm-hmm. wasn't coming straight out. But um, if anything, maybe a just a faint wet dog smell. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It's coming out of the water. Yeah, yeah it probably had yeah, got a little bath. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything else up around your area, like any weird lights or uh, dogmen or anything like? Has there been reports of anything like that? <laughs> this is also a strange area for 
you know, unexplainable things in the sky. And it's hard to say, you know, we do have a, a military base not far from here. Um, really? Practically everyone I know that's lived out here their whole life has, when you really get to know them, they'll say, yeah, we've seen things, <laughs> we've seen things in the sky here. Um, hmm. I had a, a friend that was a fisherman who saw a craft come out of the water in front of his boat and hover and then go back down. I've heard, but, uh, I've heard that story uh, somewhere else before a, a different kind of situation where something was underwater mm-hmm. at lights and it came up and then took off. Yeah. Okay. And there was even something news about another time in the same area that we had our sighting exactly by Camino Island. And I'm not sure what year this was, but it was even on the news that a lot of people saw lights in the water moving really quickly underwater. And, you know, no one had any explanation about it. The military said they didn't have anything in the Hmm. area. Of course they didn't. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you could, somebody could probably research that and find it in, um, it would have been in the, the Everett Herald. It would have been on, probably king five news um and this would have been in the early 90s or there have been a lot of things weird things seen in this area that's uh that's interesting oh yeah sarah i was telling you i was in uh, vancouver about a month or so ago and and uh me and my friend Went, went, did some squatching up in the woods up there. Um, it gets pretty creepy up in those woods sometimes. And I'm sure where you're at, it's yeah. probably even more creepier. Yeah. But you're used to it, I'm sure, too. You've spent, you've grown up with it. But I uh, grown up there. When you got yeah, two... just learn to have a, a respect for it. You know, we don't belong way out there in the woods poking around at night. Um, right. Yeah. So we, we kind of leave them their, their area. What are the kind of, uh, animals you have up there do you have the bears the mountain lions all that stuff yeah we do we've got you know even coming down close to the road um every year there's cougars seen all the time we have coyotes here but um even the bears the last couple of years have been coming especially during covid it seems like the wildlife is really see what i tell you there you go brian brian has a theory that due to covid is one of the reasons why more sightings are happening um I for whatever reasons, yeah, yeah, because more people are yeah. getting out in the woods and camping, and it seems like more know, things well, are going re- nature. And yeah, yeah, last summer so- somebody saw one run right across the the main thoroughfare on the reservation here. Um, See what I mean? <laughs> earlier in the year, there was a bear, you know, seen right in a couple of several times actually in that same area. So, um, yeah, we've got deers, deer that come through all the time. It's just this year has been kind of epic for wildlife in this area. I'm sure it's COVID related. Right. Well, probably that and wildfire. Yeah. It's half your state burned. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've been fortunate here, knock on wood. But, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Our state's been hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what do you think about, I mean, it, you know, we're a couple guys in, in Indiana, and we never really had any encounters. You know, we're interested in we're doing this podcast for that reason and trying to prove this mm-hmm. out. But um, to you guys, it seems like it's more of an, a natural thing that you've just known and grown up with all your life. Is that is that how it is? Right. It's not like it's a big yeah. deal. It's big a deal to, 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 to people who, you know, aren't around these things. No. But 
it's really not. You know, the Coast Salish people have um, have names for these creatures. Um, it's something that's part of their terrestrial habitat, just with the eagle and the bear and the deer. Wow. Um, you know, it's it's not some fantasy that somebody made up. These are real animals that have been here <clears throat> as long as people have. Mm-hmm. And the native people have learned to respect them and just kind of live in harmony with them as much as possible. Do but, you... um, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Do you think these things are well, a, a natural creature, flesh and blood? Or do you think they're some kind of paranormal, maybe alien related? Or are they... You know, just like us, descended from some kind of, from whatever. You know, I, I think about that a lot. It's really hard to say. I mean, I know what stood in front of me was a flesh and, bro- flesh and blood creature. Um, but as far as what their abilities are, what they can do, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people that have had, you know, sightings over the years, hunters and Um, Some of the old stories here, they say that they can affect you mentally. And I wonder if they use infrasound or something. Um, I think that they have abilities that we can't quantify and we can't, we can only speculate on until we can really study. But, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I wouldn't be surprised if they were very close to us on the human panel, but um yeah, I think the differences between us are something we need to look into because they they do seem to have special capabilities. Well, the reason I was asking was because I've heard of, you know, the cloaking thing with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I've heard of the strange lights and orbs that people see before they, or after they see these things or even UFOs. So it's just weird, that correlation. And I believe people, when they're telling these stories, why would they make that up, you know? Right. If I can relate a tidbit from a friend's sighting. Yeah. um, A friend of mine saw one, and it it smacked the side of the cabin that she was in. And she ran out and yelled, you know, she didn't know what it was. And she saw this thing hop over the fence. And as it glanced over its shoulder and saw her looking at it, it literally camouflaged itself like, like the predator. Yep. Like uh, yeah. She was looking at it. She could see it continue to move by its outline, mm-hmm. but it was camouflage. It just looked, it went immediately that's, to, yeah. That's the cloaking. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about, which so that's so weird to that. me. She's a very rational person. That's almost told that to practically no one because you know, and you, but be- I believe her. Do you believe her? Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Know that when she's telling me something, when it's true. You so know? if these things can do that, that that's one reason why they're so probably hard to find, see, catch, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's right. got to put some kind of I don't know, spiritual, uh, phenomenal kind of thing to to them. And I think that's I that's got to be part of it, Brian. You don't think so? No, spiritual. No. Well, maybe not spiritual. Uh, dimensional. What word do you want me to use? Um. What would you call it, Brian? I don't know what you call it. <laughs> I don't know. I know we have animals, you know, uh, different, uh, chameleons and and supernatural and different animals in the natural world that can camouflage themselves. Maybe they have some special maybe ability. It, maybe it has something do. to do with their fur and how they can move and yeah, maybe they, they have that maybe, light bends when it hits their yeah. 
you know, maybe, maybe they're maybe, maybe they're able, to, Brian, maybe yeah, like chameleon, there. like a chameleon. You know, they change their yeah. color. Maybe they blend in with their environments, just like a, a chameleon. Maybe they've learned. Maybe they've evolved that way. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, and it could be that that you know either they or us have some genes that aren't from here. Um, That's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. You know, thousands of years ago, when there were higher civilizations, if they did some gene splicing, I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, that could be too. That's another theory going around. Well, you have a lot of theories. You have the Nephilim theory as well. But you know. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Sarah, what do you think? What do you think the reason is? We haven't proven scientifically that these things exist, or we haven't captured one, or maybe we have. But, but why doesn't the world know that Bigfoot is real? I mean, I think combination. If you talk to indigenous people in any part of the world, they'll have a name for them. They'll tell you they're real. Yeah. I think that there is, for some reason, you know, and I don't mean to sound like a conspiracy nut, but I think it's a, I think it's an effort, a coordinated effort, maybe to suppress the evidence that they do exist. Why I couldn't imagine, but yeah. I think they are highly intelligent. They know how to stay away from us. They don't need us. Um. Nope. And, They've lived this long without us. <laughs> yeah, I think there's plenty of evidence that they exist. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't. I think yeah. people don't want to know. I think most people really don't no, want to know. Imagine what would happen to the forestry industry and the tourism industry. You know, yes. if people had to admit that that this kind of thing lurking out there. You, I think it would affect right. a lot of industries. I think it would affect mm-hmm. the religious industry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. It put people in panic. It 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 affect the the camping industry probably uh, the RV industry maybe I don't know, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I maybe I might help there. the might I, help the camping tourism. Maybe. I want to see one. I, I don't care. I some I people say want to, yeah. we're gonna have people, to come pay you a visit. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, come, yeah. we'll come meet you up at the Olympic. Pa- yeah, we'll meet you up at the park, the Olympic State Park or whatever. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, Washington is the most popular state. I guess if you're going to see one, that's where you need to go. But that's what uh, they say. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll see another one, Sarah, sometime? Are you, is I is sure it that common? I sure at? hope so. I think there's a good chance if I, you know, get out of my house enough and out in the yeah. woods, out at some of the beaches and some How of the areas. That? What time of day was that, did you say? Was that dusk? Was about, close to the dusk? It was about 9.30 in the morning. Oh, it was early. Yeah, it was early. And it just felt like we got lucky. You know, they were going in a direction and we just kind of intersected them. And we just got really lucky. You interrupted their morning swim. right? Yeah. But, you know, just last year, a group um, was seen by someone, you know, just a mile or two from there. A whole family group with little ones. Wow. So that is a pretty hot spot right there. Sarah, do you have any other any other stories from any other friends or any other uh, encounters that you know about? Sounds like you might know some more than uh, what you've already told uh, us. About. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, over the years that have, that have hunted um, in Washington State, and they've all had sightings, you know, from wow. from seeing a, a full, you know, full on Sasquatch to seeing a you know a pair of glowing, wide set green eyes coming down the hillside, and they decided they'd leave, you know, before it got to them. Um. Yeah, you know it's it's hard to say. There are a lot of people that that have seen him out here. Um, 
trying to think if anything comes to mind immediately. Have you ever had any um, dangerous encounters or where everyone, anyone had, you know, felt threatened or anything happened and it's rock throwing or anything like that? I mean, not anybody I know, except the friend that, that had the one that smacked the side of her house. It would come on a regular basis and, and smack the side of her house. <laughs> and she finally, you know, got brave enough to poke her head out. And that's what she saw. Sounds like um, somebody's just playing around there. Yeah. Trying to be a joker. <laughs> yeah, I think they like to antagonize sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. I've heard a lot of that. So, And I think they're really curious. You know, and probably looking for an easy meal. Um, right. Yep. I have friends that live out in the woods, like way out in the woods out here, and they hear stuff all the time. I was just out there a couple of weeks ago, and we were outside, you know, having a smoke, and and the frogs are really super loud this time of year, and nothing quiets these frogs down out there. Not the chainsaw, not trucks coming in, not people. And as we're sitting there, all of a sudden, everything went just deathly silent the frogs stopped everything stopped and she says oh yeah we get we get them out here all the time she grew up on that spot and when she was a kid when the parents would go to town you know they would come and the bigfoots would come and harass the kids sometimes and they'd have to hide in the house under the bed until the parents came back but they lose pets out there they they have to keep their pets inside um, they will take the dogs and cats if they're able. I, I've heard that. I think they. I thought they took dogs to eat them, but like you said, you found that, or you heard about that German Shepherd that was ripped in half. I don't know if they just the dogs are the you know they they kill them because you know it kind of they're the ones that alert humans to what's yeah, going on. Yeah, that's faster. kind of what we. That's kind attacked. of what we felt like, you know, like it was a, a big dog, like. It also sent a message to all the other dogs. The biggest dog on your block is, you know. Have you ever heard any hurt. howls or any sounds, Sarah? Um, not here. I've heard howls in over in eastern Washington, way, way up in the hills. Um, my brother and I were fishing. I was a kid. We were out on a just a little inflatable out on this little lake, just a really small lake, and I. I heard what could only be a, a Sasquatch. There's just nothing else out there that has that deep chested roar that just goes on and on and it reverberates in your chest. You feel it. Mm-hmm. We oh. instantly, instantly went back to shore and got back in the truck and went home. <laughs> yeah. Somebody didn't want you hanging out there. No, 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 no. That's crazy. No. I've heard more stories of people not having uh, visual encounters, but they've heard that that roar, that scream, and that's vibrating, mm-hmm. and that's enough to right. send them on their way home. Really? I mean, you feel it in your chest. It's hard to describe. Yeah, that's what everybody says. I'd... That's what Brian, makes Brian, you want to feel it in your chest, don't you, Brian? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, if they're able to use infrasound. Yeah, they've been talking about infrasound on Expedition Bigfoot. I've heard that before where it yeah. makes people sick to their stomach because of the way yeah, these things come out. One of the, yeah, one of the guys that was on that show uh, hit him really hard and he had to go to the hospital. And yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. So I, I know, know it just hit my, my fight or flight response and I was just like, you know, we are out of here. Yeah. But um, I was also going to mention too the, uh, the name that the people here have um, for this creature is, is called, they have a story of 
the basket lady, and they call her Yaya Lee. And this is taught to the children from the time they're real small. And this is going way back about, you know, how you don't venture into the forest by yourself. You don't wander off alone because Yaya Lee will come and scoop you up in her basket and take you home and eat you. Ooh. So, wow. You know, they Yaya do. Lee, look out. Yeah. <laughs> they do have, you know, stories going way back here and, Oh, I remember one other story, too. Um, Many, well, a couple generations back, at least, um, someone shot one and killed it, and they buried it, and the the medicine man did the ceremony over him, you know, and gave him a a burial. And they came back in the morning, and something had come and dug it up, and there were, you know, a set of Bigfoot tracks coming in and leaving. So apparently they dug it up and took took it away. Which is probably why we never find any remains. Later there you on. go. There's your answer. I, yeah. I think if I think if one is dead or killed, either the the family or the group that it belongs to is going to come take it away because I don't think they ever travel alone. Mm-hmm. Or the government's going to take it and keep it. Yeah. Keep it covered up. So there's another reason uh, why we can't prove these things. That's my are philosophy. There, are there? Uh, Around your area, are there a lot of caves? Are there a lot of subterranean? There are said to be, yeah. I haven't, you know, ventured to a lot of them. Um, but, yeah, you know, okay. and this, this habitat would lend itself to that type of thing. I wondered that, too, if if there might be caves that they could access underwater. <clears throat> uh, it could be, too, yeah. It's Brian. hard to say. Yeah, there are caves around here. Brian, I think I know where you're going with this. Why don't you go ahead and explain that why you asked for that? Well, that's question. just that's just one of the theories that they they why nobody why a lot of people don't see them is that they live underground and mm-hmm. that when they when they do have their dead, maybe that's where they take them. Maybe mm-hmm. they have like a like an elephant burial ground. You know, elephants travel wander off and. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a, a burial ground that they use, but maybe it's underground. Right. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I saw it. They've been around a lot longer than we have, you know, so maybe yeah. they, they get it. I and saw they're, nocturnal, they're nocturnal, so they can access places like that. And they're so robust that they don't have to have a heated, you know, indoor right. space. Right. So that kind of opens up a lot of territory for them that's not accessible to us. Yep. I saw a post on um, one of the, the Bigfoot um, pages I'm on on Facebook about the cave systems of uh, North America and where sightings have taken. And they kind of laid laid the maps on top of each other. And it was very coincidental how the sightings and the caves matched up in, oh. in, in the lineal lines and, and, the, and the ways they kind of went the pattern across the United States. It yeah, was really weird. Mm-hmm. Which tells That's me it. these things are going to caves at nighttime, or they're go- they living in these caves as much as possible, or they're making their own caves. I don't know. That's another reason why we're not, you know, finding or seeing these things all the time. Only right. when they're out moving around during the day, and you just happen to right. have an encounter. Yeah. Not saying all of them live in caves. Uh, maybe the ones that you saw, Sarah, live on that island, or they transport back and back and forth, or they go back and forth. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they lived in caves, you know, for as many as they see well, here regularly. Right, I especially mean, in the Pacific Northwest and Kentucky. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of territory. They could, I suppose, find some way 
to build a shelter way back in the woods somewhere, but it just makes more sense to think that they would live in caves. Right. Yeah, that's what I always thought. Yeah. I think it's going to take more than SEAL Team 6 to find Bigfoot because between living in caves and cloaking and who Uh knows what else they're doing. uh, We'll we'll find them. (laughs) Right. That's why we're we're here. I'm sure there's been a lot that – I'm sure that there's been several that have been killed in the the past, in the history. A lot of them probably been killed. Uh I'm sure. I'm sure more people have shot more than than they say, than they're letting on. And back in the old times or, or early times, um, I'm sure the Indians probably killed a lot of them too, or had to. They probably didn't want to, but there's probably times where they did. And you know, you know, just over territory have, or food. They have to be a type of human. They have to be so close to us because mm-hmm. there have been um, stories going way back, not even just here. I think also in Siberia, of women who had been raped by these and produced a viable offspring. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Not, not in this Pacific Northwest that I know of, but I've heard stories. Um, have you heard the story of Zana? Come to think of that, yes. Now that you say that, I've heard this yeah. story. No. And I've heard similar tales um, throughout the Americas that that's, that's happened before here. So, I mean, wow. but, but I think that that if that's true, that they would have to be so close to us, you know, genetically. You know oh, what? They would they definitely would... have to be because we can't we can't mate with monkeys. I right. Mean... They would have to be a type of primitive yeah. human. I saw something. I did see something about there was a couple uh, twins born. I think there were twins or there was two boys born. And I can't, it might have been a Russian country. And they were really awkward looking, tall, lanky, strange mm-hmm. They moved weird when they walked. It was just really weird. And they were really tall, like seven feet tall and almost seven feet tall. And this is like a long time ago. And I can't remember the Mm -hmm. clip or where I saw it, but I'd love to find it. It was almost like their mother was was raped by a Bigfoot or or mated with a Bigfoot. It was strange. They weren't hairy at all. Mm. That was the Mm -hmm. thing. They weren't hairy at all, but they just were weird looking. I don't know. Who knows? You know, and what? What you mentioned about the possibility of, of a, you know, a relic population of the Nephilim that survived, you know, they, they were supposed to have been able to breed with humans. Right. But it makes you wonder, I don't know, it's just speculation. Yeah. I'm not a religious person really, but when you talk about that, my mind's opened about anything, you know, what, I just want to figure out what really is going on. And I've said this before, I don't have to have science or the government prove or tell me that Bigfoot's real. I just want to see one. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll see one with my own eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That one little tiny ounce of doubt that I have, just because I haven't seen it, will be taken care of and put away. Then I can put yeah, that to rest. Exactly. Yep. yep. It's really not doubt, but I just well, want a confirmation. Keep getting so, out there. Well, we're going to try. Sarah, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, thank you. And if you see anything else out there, you got to get a hold of us and tell us that next story. I will. Yeah. Or, you know, if you've heard somebody see another one or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Let us know. Cool. Yeah. Feel yeah. free to yeah. contact us. All right. All right. Definitely. Heck yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, Sarah. You have a good one. We'll take care. You take care. All right. Thank All right. you. You too. Thanks, see Sarah. You. Hey guys, it's Todd from Cryptid Creatures. Have you ever thought about making your own podcast? If so, you got to use Anchor. 
That's A N C H O R. The cool thing about Anchor is it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money on your podcast. The more people that listen, the more money you can make. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody. That was a great show. Thank you uh, for tuning in. And if you want to get at us, you can email us at info, info at, cryptid at cryptidcreatures.co. Right. And uh, we're also on Facebook at Cryptid Creatures or on Instagram at cryptid underscore creatures. We got some Twitter action too, right, Brian? Yep. We got our Twitter app going on and that's um, at cryptid creature one. No E on the end of creature. Right. And uh, we uh, just got the YouTube page up and running. So check that out at cryptid creatures. Definitely. Definitely. I can't wait to check it out myself. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right, man. So hopefully we'll get some video going on there. And uh, right. We'll you guys stay tuned. We got uh, more guests coming on lined up and some good shows on their way. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Brian, you take care, man. Yep. You too, Todd. Until next episode. uh, You guys are out there in the woods. Keep your eyes and ears open. Let us know what you hear and see. Right on. Take care, Brian. All right. Take it easy.